Yo, what's good, your boy, Southbury706. This is the Urban Nation Report, the unofficial official podcast of Falcons Twitter. Today, we have a very esteemed, illustrious guest, Mr. Aaron Freeman uh, at Falcfans on Twitter from the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, one of the only people's opinions I respect in Falcons Twitter, so I'm very honored and, and blessed to have him on the podcast. Uh, we have our usual host, Lethal Saint, and uh, Josh, the bearded, uh, wild uh, Justin Fields hater. What's good, y'all? <laughs> Hey, another day, another dollar. Well, not to me, for y'all. But uh, I want to say before we start, happy, happy birthday, Aaron. I did not know it was your birthday. And I'm very humbled to have you on here on your birthday because I would not be here if it was my birthday. So thank you. <laughs> and happy, happy birthday. Appreciate that. It's a best birthday gift I've gotten so far this year. Uh, besides the bottle of tequila that I got last night that I cracked open last night to celebrate. But, uh, yeah, appreciate it, guys. Josh, how, how are you doing today that uh, your boy Jake Fromm's third stream play on the bench has propelled uh, Josh Allen to uh, AFC greatness at quarterback? How do you feel? How do you feel? I feel great knowing that Jake Fromm is in the AFC championship game. You know, <laughs> uh, this is this is why we say you have to do it yeah, because he his his efforts of uh, squeezing Gatorade into uh, Matt Barkley and Josh Allen's mouth really, you know, yeah, got, those, like, got got them over the top. I, I respect his, uh, his right. hustle out there holding clipboards. And stuff like that. <laughs> Anywho, so today we're going to start out with uh, something that uh, got Falcon Twitter excited for some reason very quickly, and I really don't stick on too long because it's very annoying. But apparently our former OC who was bad, but apparently was not bad once we saw how bad uh, Dirk Cotter was, uh, has him a nice uh, chocolate honey dip for a girlfriend right now. Um, and that seemed to take uh, Falcons Twitter by storm for some reason. Uh, for the record, Sark uh, signed a six-year, $34.2 million deal with Texas Longhorns. So, I mean, I, I feel like he could probably get any woman he wants. But, I mean, what, what are y'all's quick takes on that? I know Aaron was a bit excited that that was, like, the, the greatest Sark news we could discuss on the <laughs> podcast uh, versus us running him off when we probably should have kept him for another season. That's neither here nor there. I mean, like, with, with Sark, like, there wasn't a whole lot to love about his time in Atlanta. But I'm glad he's doing well for himself down in Alabama, down in Tuscaloosa, you know, mm-hmm. this woman's looking good. So I, I'm, I'm proud of Sark for, you know, upgrading. I don't know what his previous relationships were like uh, prior to that, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty safely assuming that it was an upgrade. Oh, clearly, you know, going black is an upgrade, I think, <laughs> you know, and Sark, I mean, if you look at Sark, he's not the type of white guy that pulls black women, especially the one that he's dating right now. <laughs> I think we all know, you know, the type of black woman that date white men. I'm just saying, <laughs> I think we all know what they look like, and they do not look like her. So for him to pull this off, I am very, very proud of him. I'm just going to leave it at that. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If you're black, you, you know. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, he definitely, I put his coverage with, with that. <laughs> So the, the part about this whole situation that does not have me impressed at all is this a direct quote from Steve Sarkeesian uh, regarding the uh, Texas Longhorns uh, fight song. Mm. Sark says, I know this much. The eyes of Texas are school song. We're going to sing that song. We're going to sing it proudly. He says he knows that there are tough discussions that need to happen, but that's our song and we're fired up to sing it. So if you're not aware of the uh, origins of the eyes of Texas school song, I would uh, advise you to do your Googles and that will... Uh, but you know everything you need to know about that possible relationship. But uh, we're not going to go that deep. You know, we've been having a lot of wild talks with politics. You know what I'm saying? Georgia just went blue, so we're going to keep it positive today. And just, just Google that. Google uh, what that song means and what it represents. And, uh, yeah, that'll let you need to know everything you know. But, anywho, today is a glorious day as yesterday. Uh, our favorite uh, NFC South uh, faux rivals, the New Orleans Saints, or the Aints, as they're uh, called on Falcons Twitter, uh, they lost again in the playoffs for this is the fourth time straight, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, Drew Brees, he finished with a whopping, if I'm not mistaken, 19 for 34, or 34, 39, can't read my own handwriting, a whopping 134 yards passing, one touchdown, three picks, one which was his last uh, throw of the game, and and the greatest stat line of a top five receiver rated 9-9 overall on Madden, uh, Michael Thomas, a.k.a. Can't Guard Mike, had 
four targets, zero catches for zero yards. So, yes, Falcon Twitter was in a tizzy. This is probably the most united Falcon Twitter has been in a long time. This Falcon Twitter is usually a dumpster fire. Uh, Lace with anarchy at all times. Like it's it's a war zone. Like you have to have like your flag fish, you know, sort of helmet, be ready to go to war, like with any tweet. But yesterday was unity. Like this is the, the most uni I've seen in a long time. Uh I guess Aaron, you were the most analytical person on here. Uh, so what was your kind of analysis on Drew Brees that you know maybe something we don't know besides he can't throw the ball more than five yards? I mean it's it's not that deep. It, it you got it. It's basically like they don't they can't generate explosive plays like they thought they could go out there and get Emmanuel Sanders and generate explosive plays. But you need to be able to generate explosive plays to beat good defenses. And the fact that Breeze doesn't threaten deep and, you know, he can't, you know, Alvin Kamara is great. You know, Michael Thomas is usually good. Wasn't so good on Sunday. Um, and we've seen that a couple of times in January uh, now these last couple of years. But like if you can't chunk yards you're not going to be able to score points in the national football league especially in the postseason you can get away with that in the regular season because you're playing a lot of bad teams but like against really good teams you ain't going to be able to get away with that fair enough i mean you did see they did have one explosive play where james winston came in through a 56 yard touchdown there you go. play and i i think it's wild disrespectful maybe some other things that he was not given the opportunity to get some run when drew Brees is out like, I'm not going to lie, when they said that Tyson Hill was going to start, I thought it was a joke initially. I'm like, you know, they're going to let Winston play because, honestly, I would rather have seen Drew Brees play us besides Winston. I didn't think Tyson Hill was a threat, but apparently against the Falcons, he's the best thing since last year. I don't get it. I don't get how that guy, like, I don't get if you're willing to let Tyson Hill start that you couldn't see, like, hey, you know what? Let's pull Breeze. This is an opportunity to advance the playoff. Let's see what Winston can do for a little while. It's a two-possession game. While he's out there throwing picks. Like, if you can't stretch the field and challenge the defense, you're kind of pigeonholing yourself as a team. That's kind of like other teammates probably looking at him like, yo, what are we, what are we doing? Like, I know it's you, Breeze. I know he's a legend in New Orleans, but you kind of just poured our season down the drain. Uh, you know that they're not going to – pull Drew Breeze in what could be his last game. You know, they're just not going to do that. But, look, you know, no sweat off my back. The yeah, things are right. for the fourth year in a row, you know, like, cool. You know, you know, they, they keep talking about how Jameis might be the starter next year. Uh, we'll see about that. Uh, but, you know, I think they actually might be a better team with Jameis at quarterback mm-hmm. next year than they are this past year because, you know, they got a quarterback that can throw the ball down the field. Facts. Josh, what are your thoughts on this? No, I mean, like um, I forgot who said it, but when Breeze missed that stretch of games, someone mentioned that Jameis should have had that shot to carry carry them through, I guess, those five games. And I guess them playing Taysom, that to justify giving him that contract. So I guess you could say it's politics with that. But like like you said, had Jameis been playing with them for the most part, getting more reps, I believe they would have been a more dangerous team um, come the postseason. But that didn't happen, so. Oh, well, they're at home with us, so it is what it is. <laughs> Just, what were your, your reaction seeing this loss and then uh, what ensued on Falcons' Twitter? Oh, uh, you know, fuck them. Shit. I'm glad they lost again. A breeze was sitting there looking pathetic at the end, he looking was. around the stadium, that trash-ass stadium, like, oh, my God, I'm going to miss you. We know he's about to be be in D.C. tomorrow anyway. Like, he ain't missing nothing. He's about to try to take over the White House with his KKK self. Him and his wife. Like, fuck him. I'm glad they lost. Lose. lose. They gonna lose tomorrow. Or Wednesday. What's tomorrow? Tuesday? Well, if you listen to this tomorrow, Wednesday, they gonna lose two. Two. We might not ever, ever, ever see him again. He might be in Guantanamo by Thursday. I mean, the FBI is busy right now, so hopefully he he stays out of the fray. You know, we don't want him to get a – well, some people want him to get caught up in that stuff. But, yeah, it's uh, it's looking kind of – kind of Wowzers. It's looking kind of shaky for the, for the Saints. I mean, I guess I would probably feel more comfortable with them starting Taysom, but there's no – I would say there's no way he could beat out Jameis Winston, but stranger things have happened because, again, as we've seen in the past – 
when we used to see Jameis for the Buccaneers, and I believe you said this and stats can back this up, when he plays the Falcons, he literally plays like a Hall of Fame player. Like, for whatever reason, like, one of the most embarrassing highlights of all time against the Falcons is that Jameis Winston play where he, like, breaks, like, eight tackles. Like, it for whatever reason, he balls out. So I would at least look at that aspect and say, hey, you know, there's something special about this guy when he plays this team, at least give him a run. But, I mean, whatever. I hope they lose every game next year. But, I mean, it is what it is. But kind of yeah. a, a – oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, Jameis against the Falcons is an elite quarterback, right? Jameis against everybody else is bad, right? Because he's right. just going to throw picks, right? And so, like, the thing about Jameis is, like, if if Jameis is the Saints starting quarterback next year, like, their ceiling is much, much higher than what it has been. But their floor is much, much lower because, you know, Jameis, as he did that last year in Tampa Bay, he's going to throw, like, three picks in the first quarter of a game just to mm-hmm. dig you into a hole. And then he'll climb you out of it, put up these ridiculous numbers to get them back into the game, and they'll wind up losing in the end like they did a whole bunch uh, in 2019 in Tampa Bay. So, like, you know, there's a give and a take with Jameis. Like, if I'm a Falcon fan, like, I, I'm not looking forward to Jameis playing the Falcons next year as the Saints, but I know – all the other teams in the league are looking forward to that because they know they'll benefit from it. But you know, for whatever reason, as you say, because he plays the Falcons, he's going to be beast against us. And it's just going to be, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's Taysom Hill, whether it's Jameis Winston, like it's, it's ridiculous how the Falcons can't figure out how to beat the saints. Yeah, that that's one of those things too, where uh, a lot of, I got into it on Twitter with some people and I really get into it. And I'm going to ask you this question later on in the podcast, but they, they had the idea and you kind of preach this on your, on your show that a lot of Falcons fans think that we are like one draft pick away, you know, one player away from being this, you know, perpetual playoff team, which anybody that can look at this roster and look at this team and the performances can know that's not true. So they'll take, I guess, outlier games like the game against the Kansas City Chiefs. We almost beat them and say, hey, look, you know, we're better coaching. We're going to win three or four, a couple more games, a couple better decision makings. We'd be right up there with these teams. I'm like, I understand that. I don't think we're as bad as our record in the case at four and 12. But even if we were to make the playoffs, say, 10 and six, do you honestly think as a fan, I know you don't think this, we can kind of compete with those other teams consistently. Like I know it's any given Sunday, but I, I, we're not there. So fans will use that justification like, oh, yeah, we played the – we were two plays away from in that game or even last year when we beat the 49ers. They're like, oh, yeah, we beat the 49ers. I'm like, yeah, but, I mean, it, it's not there. So I, I believe that as a, as a team we have to be more – Focus and reality, which hopefully we'll get to that point with our new incoming, hopefully incoming GM from the Saints, Harry Fott and not. Um, and again, I guess I would like you to preach to the people briefly on like we're not we're not the team that a lot of people think we are. And Falcon Twitter, I know it's like not a huge representation of everybody, but it's a pretty accurate one, I think. I think the trick I always use is like you look at the 16 games a team plays in the season and basically take the four best games, throw them out, take the four worst games, throw them out. And then those eight games in the middle is what your team is, you know, like because you can you can you know, we all know on any given Sunday you can beat anybody. Right. So you look at whatever the whatever you think the Falcons four best games this year, the Raiders, the Vikings, the Chiefs or, or whatever and whatever else you want to pick. Uh, the, the second Carolina game, throw those games out. Then you take their four worst games, probably any of the, the first four games that they, five games that they played this year, or pick any of the Saints games or uh, whatever, throw those games out. And then whatever your record is, the rest of that, and how well your team plays in the rest of those eight games, you know, if they're two, I think the, the Falcons would be like 0 and 8 or whatever. But like, you know, not to say that they're that bad, but you know, like how they played in those games. Uh, would tell you kind of what they are as a football team. And sort of that's what you're really building off of. You don't look at, hey, this is our best game. Oh, we, you know, we went toe-to-toe with the 49ers. We went toe-to-toe with the Saints last year. We're, we're this close. You look at it like, look, we got beat by the Rams, you know, and we couldn't block the Rams. That's the game that's really telling you more of what about your football team is than necessarily your, what your best game is. 
Definitely like so it, I kind of I kind of go at Josh a little bit on Twitter for this for being so optimistic. And I get it as a fan, you have to be like, yo, we're gonna win every game. Yo, we're good. We're just we just need this and that. We just need that. But it's it's kind of I, I want to hear his thoughts on that because he's a very optimistic fan and I, I respect that. I'm more of like, yo, I, I look at it for what it is. Like I call a spade a spade for the most part. Sometimes I'm wrong with Miami is what it is. I would rather be proven wrong more often than not with the Falcons, but you can kind of not even watch the games, which I was boycotting the like the last six games. I just have I couldn't do it. Like I'm like, I can't do this for I need a break. Like for my own mental peace, I need a break. And it you could just look at Twitter, it's like, yep, I know exactly what's gonna happen. They're gonna make some plays, they're gonna make some bad plays and give some rat bad runs, bad passes, and it'll be the same outcome week in, week out. So close to no cigar. So, Josh, I want to get your, your takes on your kind of views of this team and where we can be with the next, let's say the next draft, because you are not one of those people that want us to draft a quarterback. You would like us to get anything but a quarterback. Especially a black quarterback. <laughs> that, you know, shout out to Republican Josh. But also <laughs> you and people like Tony, who who like the most ridiculous, he's never mind. Shout out to Tony. But well, you guys are of the mindset that one pick is going to ruin the team. No, no, no. I'm I'm saying in the sense of okay, we we with that one pick that you're saying that you're referring to, why Fields. not Bill? No, no, not not even Fields. It, it could be any other quarterback, Fields, Zach Wilson, whoever. Uh, why not just use that and put it towards like the trenches or towards a, a defensive end or edge or something like that? Someone that that's going to help the team also, not just a pick that we go store away for like a year or two, and then eventually he may help us down the road, may not. I'm just saying, like, we just saw – we see Brady. We saw Breeze. Like, how have these other teams <laughs> being able to make a run with quarterbacks in their 40s, um, but we can't do the same? That that's but but wait wait but I well, look at the two the two quarterbacks you're probably referring to are Tom Brady and Drew Brees, and we just clown Drew Brees for having a terrible arm at 47 years old, and Tom Brady <laughs> didn't do that much better. So like no, what you're kind of just like killing your own argument. Well, no, no, I'm saying in the sense of I mean, not this year Brees, but Brees like he was what 38 and he was still playing pretty. Decent. Why can't we have that same thing? Why can't we have a run game, a balanced offense with a run game, and then and at least an average defense, and then let that carry us and see where we get with that. That, but it's it's basically into what you're saying, what Aaron's saying. Take out the four best, four worst games, and in and the, the games that are left is what we are. So I take the more higher end positive games and say, hey, we're close to this end of the spectrum. Versus the the opposite polar opposite end, that's why I say that. But I mean, with with Aaron breaking it down, I get I can understand why you all would want a quarterback. I just don't feel like we have to have one this year. Next year for sure, we we need one next year. But in twenty twenty one, I don't think we should draft one. In my opinion, Jeff, what do you think? I think. If we get one, I wouldn't mind if we get a quarterback, but I do agree that we need to get someone in the trenches first. I know people are going to be like, that's not what you said. Okay, look, I like to make fun of Josh because he hates black quarterbacks. That's why I've been on his ass about it. But I think we need to get someone in the trenches, and then maybe we could get a QB down the line. But I wanted to ask Aaron, what he thinks uh, about Kurt. Like, do you think he could step up and be our guy? Because everybody's talking about draft a quarterback, and we got young Kurt over here chilling, you know? So I want to get your thoughts on what do you think of Kurt and if he could be our future, potentially. Um, Not really. I mean, like, I like Kurt Banker. I think he's a backup. Great yeah. guy. Great guy. I think, <laughs> I think he could be a good backup. I, I don't see him as a starter. I, I just feel like watching him, watching him at UVA, watching him in the preseason, you know, before we, when we back, when we had preseason games, like he's good 
at his best, like he looks like a guy that could legitimately, you know, go out there and win you some games as a backup uh, and, and start a couple of games. If Matt Ryan like got hurt and missed like a month and you'd be like, yeah, we can go two and two with Kurt Bang. At his best, he can be that guy. But I think, you know, the problem with Kurt is like when you go back and you watch his college film, when you go back and watch his preseason game, it's like for every good game he has, he has like two or three games where he just doesn't really look like, you know, a legit NFL quarterback, you know? So like if if you apply mm-hmm. that to a guy that can play 16 games, you know, you're, you're looking at like a four and 12 season as a starter. That, that, that's just not going to cut it. So I feel like Kurt has that ability to be a number two. Um you know, I wouldn't look at it when people say like, oh, you know, like, you know, Matt Schaub kept beating him out because, yeah, Matt Schaub like knows the offense like the back of his hand. He's he's sleeping through all the meetings because he knows his offense like that, you know. So, like, <laughs> I think with Banker, like he, he's fine as a backup. But as a if if we're talking about not drafting a quarterback because we got Kurt Banker, I would be like, that's crazy. So I think back to that point, I I think you said that you would like us to look at a quarterback, possibly at four, because you weren't really impressed with any of the other, I guess, talent that high, I guess. I can't remember if that was what you said or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like a couple months ago, I was like, I don't want to take a quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. But like the more I've watched, the more I'm like, I think we kind of need to take a quarterback. Like, But I, I get what Josh is saying, though. Like if the Falcons didn't take a quarterback, like, I wouldn't be like, oh, that's a terrible decision. You know, like yeah. I think people fall into this trap of like it's either this or it's that. And if you do one thing versus the other thing, you're you're making a horrible mistake. And this, you know, you know how fans would be dramatic and stuff like about stuff. But like I think if they didn't take a quarterback, I think the problem is that you're gonna be in a situation kind of similar like the Saints are and kind of similar like the Steelers are, where you can build a playoff team, but you're probably not really gonna threaten for a Super Bowl. Um with Matt Ryan as he gets older, you know, in these, these next couple of years, like, I feel like you can make a decent run. You can be a 10 win team or whatever the case may be, but your ceiling might be like the second round of the playoffs. Right. So I feel like if you take a quarterback, at least the potential is there. Obviously we don't know what these quarterbacks are going to be. I've seen enough of these guys that I kind of like the potential, but I need to watch more. And, you know, I might change my opinion over the next couple of months as I watch more of these guys, but I like the potential that, you know, four or five years from now, if one of these guys is starting uh, for the Falcons, like we have a legit shot of winning the Super Bowl. I just feel like right now, if the goal is to win a Super Bowl, I I feel like you got to kind of take a quarterback now and hope for the best. But if your goal is just to be a good team that can be competitive, then yeah, you, you know, building around Matt Ryan will definitely make that happen. If you trade back and get picks, you can do that. You can fast track that and you can get back to being a 10 win team quicker rather than you know drafting a quarterback who's not going to really help you do that uh for many many years from now but it's just like it's a balance you know like do you want to build towards the long term or do you want to get these short-term gains and you just got to decide you can kind of do both like I feel like you can take a quarterback and still you know make the team better so that you can start winning in the playoffs this year but like it's going to be a lot harder to do you know so my take on the, the quarterback thing is like I I'll kind of play devil's advocate with people on Twitter and kind of challenge their thought process why they don't think we should. And usually their answer is pretty much always like, oh, well, we need to build a defense. You can't look at this team and say that Matt Ryan is the problem. And like you were saying, it's not an either or a proposition. Just because you want a quarterback doesn't mean you don't respect that Matt Ryan is still has the potential to be great and be a, a productive starter for the next two, three, hopefully four Five as long as possible, if that makes sense. But you can still look towards the future and the, I guess the latest examples, what the uh, Packers did with drafting Jordan Love, which was a later first round pick, but they still are looking towards the future. Now, my, my other point is usually when we get a new GM head coach combination, they want to have their guy. So again, they understand that Matt Ryan is not going to be with them for the foreseeable future. So if those two, the, the combination of uh, Terry Fontenot, if that gets confirmed, and Arthur Smith, they see one of these guys they can get and they say, hey, this is our franchise quarterback that we can build for for the next 10, 15 years. I'd say they'd be dumb not to do that because that could really determine whether they're going to be with this team for any extended period of time. So that's that's kind of my thought of if they get a quarterback, if they find their guy that they say, hey, this is the guy that we're going to mold 
that carry this franchise to be the next franchise quarterback for this team. I say go for it. You still have free agent, free agency in the draft to build your roster, and you're honestly probably going to get better production from veteran leadership free agents. So that's my mindset. But like at the same time, I get what Josh is saying. You know, like I, I don't feel like it's it's like oh this will definitely work out versus you know this one will definitely fail. Like if it was up to me, I'm I'm taking a quarterback. I'm taking whoever I think the best quarterback left on the board at that point in time. Um, but at the same time, if they decide to punt on that and, and you know, get alignment or, or get whatever, you know, I, I feel like that makes sense. But I just think you're going to be in a situation three years from now where you're going to be looking at Matt Ryan and you'll be like, hey, um, you know, we need to get a quarterback. You know, we need to upgrade this quarterback position. And if, you know, if we're looking at that situation three years from now, we're watching Zach Wilson and Trey Lance and, um, you know, Josh. Fields, or, yeah, I'm sorry. Not Josh Fields, Justin Fields. <laughs> Josh, I was talking about Justin Fields. Um, yeah, Justin Fields, and you're looking at them like teams are looking at like Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen. You know, a couple years from now, you're gonna you're gonna be kicking yourself. So mm-hmm. I feel like you know if you if you like the quarterback enough, take him. If you don't like the quarterback, then you know don't take him. Don't don't reach on a quarterback. Just take a quarterback. Uh, and that's kind of where I was like a couple months ago before I started watching these guys uh, a lot more. I was just kind of like, don't just take a quarterback just for the sake of taking a quarterback. But now I watched them. And I, I kind of like these guys. I'm, I'm not sitting here saying like any of these guys are like superstar, superstars, franchise guys. But I feel like they can be good quarterbacks. They can be a Baker Mayfield. They can be a Josh Allen type of player that can be a top 10 quarterback and be a guy you can build around. That's that's a fair, uh, fair analysis. So kind of a, a transition to that real quick, uh, I guess, discussing the pick. Uh, the people that would be making that pick, one of them that's already been confirmed to come to the Falcons, Arthur Smith. And before we get into like actually the football part, I, I want to go to the uh, the tweet <laughs> and your thoughts that again got Falcons Twitter and a tizzy. So uh, everybody's Ooh. favorite ESPN personality, Falcons favorite ESPN personality, uh, Bomani Jones. Uh, he said the interesting thing about Arthur Smith, he's fine, a good job running the Titans' offense. But just about every gig he had before becoming OC screams, you know who my dad is. So I didn't know who his dad was. A lot of people didn't. Uh, but his dad, I guess, founded FedEx and is worth like $6 billion or something like that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of Falcons Twitter uh, took this as some sort of slight. Um, I didn't see it that way. I saw it was kind of like a, a little tidbit of information, like, oh, that's cool. Like, I didn't know that. A lot of people didn't know that. But I guess because uh, Mr. Jones kind of trolls the Falcons a little bit, um, and I've said this before, Falcons Twitter is extremely sensitive. Uh, any perceived slight to the team, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, the colors red and black, and they they attack. They turn to piranhas. And that's not a healthy way to live your life, man. Just relax a little bit. But yeah, man, they they got after him pretty good about that. So um, I, I guess your I guess response to the whole nepotism thing was uh, I'll just say this: not Arthur Smith's nepotism thing. Arthur Smith went from a quality control coach to eight, the head coach in eight years, the same amount of time that Sean McVay did. Not saying he's the next McVay, but it's not unprecedented for guys to fast track through coaching ranks nowadays. So I kind of think those are maybe two different conversations. But I, I don't think that that was very uh, offensive. I just think Falcons Twitter likes to attack Bomani Jones for no reason. Like it, it was to the point where people were saying that he was an idiot, like he's dumb. Like I don't know if you're familiar with him, but like I, there's no way you can listen to him speak about literally anything and say he's dumb. Just say you don't like him, don't like the take, and move on. Like to, to call somebody like that dumb, like I. It, it makes my head hurt. That's another question I was going to ask you. How do you deal with like a lot of the madness like in your mentions? Because I know your mentions are usually probably filled with a lot more than like the common Falcon Twitter person. But just some of the things I read reading, like guys, like I get it. Just Jesus. But yes, let's get your commentary. Yeah, I mean, like, look, I like Bonamani Jones. I don't always agree with everything he says. That's basically, you know, like my, my it's like. Someone you, you're allowed to disagree with folks, guys, without calling them idiots. You know, like you can someone can have 100 <laughs> opinions. You can disagree with one of them. It doesn't invalidate the other 99 opinions that they have. So, I mean, the point, I guess, like I think the the whole the thing I was trying to get at with the nepotism thing was 
Like, I think you can make a definite case that his dad got him the job in Washington. That was his first NFL gig. Washington is a corporate sponsor, is FedEx. You know, like, you could definitely make the case that his dad got him that job, right? Um, Mm -hmm. The point I'm like, nepotism clearly gets people in the door. Like, Sean McVay's grandfather was an NFL coach and GM. You know, Rich McKay's dad was an NFL coach uh, in Tampa Bay that helped him get that job. Guys get jobs all the time people of a certain persuasion get jobs all the time from who their dad is, who their uncle is, who their grandfather is. And it gets you in the door. What the point I was trying to make is like, after a while though, like you got to sink or swim on your own, you know, Mm -hmm. like people aren't going to just keep promoting you um, just because you know who your dad is, you know? So like you got to actually do a good job. And so that that was kind of the point I was trying to make with the Arthur Smith thing, comparing him to Sean McVay, like Sean McVay got in the door because, of his dad or his grandfather, you know, Arthur Smith got in the door because of his uh, dad or whatever the case may be. But like, eventually he worked his way up. He, he worked his ass off to get to where he is. And so like, I feel like anybody who's out there saying like, you know, he got this job because, you know, of who his dad is and all the jobs that he, like, that's the part where what Bermani was saying, I, I don't really agree with like, him sticking around in Tennessee isn't because of who his dad is. His sticking around in Tennessee because all those coaches recognize that he was a good coach. And him getting the talking job is because Arthur Blank thinks he's a good coach. So that was only the, really the point I was trying to make. So uh, the homie Fady Falcons, he said his opinion was that Arthur Smith is only a head coach because of his dad. LOL. Shows he doesn't know anything about Smith at all. And, and this is where I'm having the issue. Like he said he's fine. He's done a good job running the Titans offense. Like he didn't say that his dad was the reason he got a head coaching job. He just kind of pointed out that his initial kind of start in the NFL, like we just said, was most likely due to his dad's position. That's it's not crazy to think that. Like nobody's saying he's not a good coach. Nobody's saying that he's not worthy of being a head coach. The proof is in the pudding. It's in the numbers. We've seen what Derrick Henry's done. You know what I'm saying? We've seen their offense become with Ryan Tannehill versus with Marcus Mariota. He just kind of pointed out that, you know, that you know, he probably possibly had a leg up, which is fine. But we understand that the talent is what's going to keep you where you're at. You know what I'm saying? You can get your foot in the door, but like, like you said, if you underperform, you're out of there. Like that's people, people don't read and comprehend things well on Twitter. They like just like to get mad about stuff. But anywho, uh, I think that, oh, go ahead, Jeff. They failed in reading comprehension. Remember all those tests we had to take back in the day? Reading comprehension. A lot of people on Twitter just failed that. They failed and they were left behind. That no kids left behind thing was a scam because a lot of you people on Twitter were left behind, okay? Read for comprehension, go back and learn something, okay? You could YouTube reading comprehension, all right? YouTube it, learn something. And my thing with Arthur Smith is, I need you to tell your daddy, to tell your drivers, to stop kicking, throwing, and punting my packages at my door. I am tired of giving getting bent packages, broken glass, and all that stuff, because your drivers ain't shit, and you need to wow. fix it, okay? Have you not seen what these FedEx drivers do? They just be throwing it. I swear to God, they put the packages in rocket launchers, and they let it go right to your door, and I'm tired of it. Tell your daddy to fix it, and are you single? Because I'm tired of being broke. Okay. I just need a billionaire husband. Okay. And clearly you're an heir, $5.6 billion. I'm looking for a husband. Please. We're going to have a show about. Let uh, me out of poverty. uh, Like we did with Sark. Are we going to have that show later on? We, we, we might have to. I mean, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So, uh, <laughs> Arthur Smith, if you're listening, you know, d- definitely jump in at Jiff DM. She is open, you know, open the DM up to you. So, you know, let her know it's good. But I, so, again, back to the two different conversations briefly. Marcus said, who's a black coach who's been fast tracked to who his dad was? Like I said, this is it's two separate conversations. Like, there's the nepotism thing, and then there's the whole, you know, "Quote unquote" end racism campaign where uh, no black coaches have yet to be hired yet, but that's again another conversation for another day. Uh, real quick on that, what what are your thoughts on the whole Eric Bieniemy thing, man? It kind of went from him being like the darling, the number one must hire for all available franchises to now it's like 
damn, is he going to get a job? Like, what is your, your, I guess, your quick take on that? I don't know, man, because, like, you hear these things, like, you would think, I mean, like, like we, we know what it is, right? Like, mm. there's two different standards, right? It's a double standard, right? That's part of it. Like, that's a big part of it. Um, mm-hmm. But then you hear stuff where you're like, yeah, I guess it makes sense that maybe he wouldn't get the, you know, like, like you, 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 like it's easy, or I don't know. Like I feel like I'm making excuses for why people keep overlooking them, and I, I just don't feel right doing it. But like it's like, you know, like is he Matt Nagy? You know, like if you're hiring Matt, is he Black Matt Nagy? Right? That's that's the concern you have, you know. And like I don't think he is, but like at the same time, like I I kind of get it. Like if if I was in that position, if or if I was a white guy in that position, a white owner in that position. Like I would sit there and maybe like I don't know he's, but like at the same time like we we know what it is like it's it's a double standard. So I, I kind of I think my kind of only problem or not knock or maybe concern with Eric Bieniemy, I get it his his play calling is pretty cool as far as like where they do creative like motions and uh, personnel and whatnot, but I think you could be scared that a lot of his success could be predicated on having like one of the, probably the greatest quarterback talents you've ever seen. Right. So I feel like if you don't have that, it might not work out as well. I'm not saying it couldn't be productive, but like I would love to see him with like a a Trevor Lawrence, something like that. Like he's not Patrick Mahomes, but he's one of those, you know, predictable next level talents from the things that he can do with his arm and with his legs. And some of the things to do with Clemson were pretty cool. I'd love to see that combination, but Jacksonville has Urban Meyer now, so which I think is a pretty good hire as far as like I guess the team that could build the level of success that Meyer's had literally everywhere he's been. So I'm kind of excited to see what Jacksonville does. But as far as Arthur Smith, I think what he brings to the table as a head coach, um, as far as it, hopefully the offense they're going to run. I, I was reading they use a lot of play action, they use a lot of motion, a lot of things. Pretty much everything Sark didn't do, he does. Uh, actually takes advantage of the talents of Matt Ryan and the personnel around us. So I, I think that is a, a, a good hire that kind of meets the needs of both teams. So with him doing that, that's why I'm kind of going to be really interested in what we do in the draft. Because again, I, maybe he looks at this team like saying, Hey, I think we can make this work. What we got make a couple tweaks, but I don't know. Uh, I guess uh, what are your thoughts? We'll start with Josh on the author Smith hire. Like, is that who you wanted? Did you like that pick? Like, how do you feel about that? Um, I mean, I'm I'm kind of trusting the people who know more about him and what they're saying. Um, again, my my pick was Joe Brady, um, for the most part, only because of the, like I said, what I've seen him do with LSU, and he's been under the Sean Payton umbrella. So, but um, I mean, I'm trusting Arthur Smith um to to give us back that balance that Matt needs on the offense with the Back with the play action and the run game, um, and then I think it's like some of the stats that that how Tennessee were before and after him. I mean, with him, and I mean, I'm pretty hopeful that he'll bring it down here. Um, that a prolonged Matt's and Julio's career. So I'm kind of I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, I guess Jeff gave her take. She wants to marry the coach. Uh, <laughs> Aaron, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I know you've already kind of spoken on this before in your podcast, but kind of just let the, the folks I hear who don't listen to smart people podcasts. Know good. Uh, yeah, man, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. It, it checks the boxes that you wanted to check, right? If you're, if you're looking at this Falcons team and you're looking at the offense, especially, right. You're looking at it from a perspective. What are the, like the two biggest weaknesses of the Falcons offense this year? They couldn't score in the red zone. They couldn't run the ball. Right. What is Arthur Smith? What are the two things that Tennessee's offense has been known for the last two years? They have the best running game in the league, and they've been the most efficient red zone scoring team in the league. So you feel like from that perspective, if Arthur Smith can come over and, and do that, that's all he has to do is just fix the run game and fix the red zone offense. You can get this offense back to cooking to where it's supposed to be. So from that perspective, I think it makes a lot of sense. I feel like it's hard to really poke holes in Arthur Smith's resume based off of that. Um, beyond that, you know, the, you know, if he brings in Dean Pease as his defensive coordinator, Dean Pease had a lot of success in Baltimore as a defensive coordinator and Tennessee as a defensive coordinator, bringing that sort of Rex Ryan, Don Martindale, blitz heavy three, four style of defense 
Um, and, you know, you can make a case that like Tennessee's defense taking a step back was due to Dean Pease leaving. You can make that argument. You know, I don't know if Titan fans would make that argument, but like, you know, Dean Pease is gone. The defense takes a step back, connect the dots. So like if, if you bring him in and he can get the defense playing at a high level, then it feels like, you know, this is this is the hire that you kind of wanted. Like, if you're a Falcon fan, if you want this offense to get back on track, if you want this defense to be good and, and have a defensive coordinator, you know, unlike Dan Quinn, you know, who has a little bit more of an illustrious history of success uh, building up defenses on that side of the ball rather than just like two years where he kind of took all the credit for <laughs> all the things that Pete Carroll and Gus Bradley did. Um, you know, I, I feel like this hire makes a ton of sense for the Falcons, whether, you know, on paper, that's basically what I'm saying. Like it on paper, it looks great. We'll see what happens come September when the games are actually being played. But uh, I think on paper, it, it, it checks all the boxes that you want it to. So I guess with these hires, like, and this is prior to the draft and free agency, just from a competency standpoint, just this season, we've seen a lot of incompetence as far as like just bad coaching, like bad coaching, bad decision-making across the board. I guess what would be your, I guess, quick take or quick hot take on the floor and the ceiling for this team next year with the, just from what we have right now, the pieces that we know. I mean, I feel like the floor is four and 12, you know, like this (laughs) (laughs) this team could basically, you know, fall flat again. And, you know, Matt Ryan could, struggle in a first year learning a new offense even though he's familiar with what some of the things that arthur smith runs from his time under sark and and shanahan so it shouldn't be a problem but it could be a problem because we've seen in the past where it's like oh matt ryan's going to be able to he knows dirt cutter he's familiar with dirt cutter it's going to be fine and then he had his worst season in like six years you know so like i i feel like the floor is not as high as we would want it to be but at the same time, I feel pretty comfortable. I, I hope. <laughs> I, I, hope I hope that we can exceed that floor. Uh, you know, I, uh, famous last words, right? Um, so, like, I feel like the ceiling is probably like ten and six. You know, ten and six. Okay. Uh, like my thing is like split the difference. What is that? Like, you know, seven and nine or something like that. Eight and eight. <sighs> that's. Oh, that's. That's tough. But I mean, Tennessee gets get you in the playoffs. Yeah, it's the wild card. Gets you in there. You know, get hot, going to go on a run, you know. We'll, we'll see how that works. See what happens. Uh, All right. I mean, I, I respect that. I respect that. And that's all we can do, man. So I, I know that you tweeted out, and this is kind of the part. Well, actually, backtrack to the Dirk Carter part. So, again, I am one on Twitter who will ex- expose your bad takes. Like, I am yes, notorious for saving tweets. I will save a tweet for, like, two years just to bring it back up to make you look stupid. But uh, I am one of the people that were of the mindset that, hey, the whole Dirk Cotter thing could have worked just from familiarity standpoint. Like, hey, he's always had to do OC. Maybe they have some sort of connection. Maybe they have a bond. You know, maybe they don't have to relearn the whole offense. And that didn't work. So, I mean, I'll fall on the sword. That was a terrible decision. And we literally wasted more of Matt Ryan and Julio's time. So uh, it is what it is. I mean, my takes aren't as bad as Josh's, but, you know, I I, no. I messed them, them up occasionally. You know? that, that was literally the, the same take I have. It I was, thought, remember? I thought Matt and Dirk was going to just mesh well because they had history together, and we saw that that didn't happen. I feel so like for any other team besides the Falcons, like that would work. It's just with us, just like, oh yeah, this right. should work. Train wreck, dumpster fire. <laughs> the worst we've seen. I'm like, God, Lee, can we not have nice things in Atlanta? Like, we can't have nice No, we can't. We can't at all. <sighs> so, uh, kind of a smooth transition, something I want to kind of joke about. But speaking uh-huh. of exposing takes, uh, I saw that uh, Mr. Freeman uh-huh. was uh, <laughs> put up on the summer jam screen. <laughs> I was like, yo, is that Aaron? I'm like, oh man, they got him. They got my man. Like, yeah. Like, but I mean, to be fair, like you said, it took them eight years. I mean, right. Like NFL GMs listen my picks all the time. Like it's kind of a 50 50 proposition. It's like they kind of just want to dunk on you, but at least they're going to have the courage to at you. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
what are we doing out here? Like, yeah, yeah, it was it was tough, man. It was tough. Trying to ruin my Sunday, right? It's like you got to take that L. Like you know, I've been like secretly flying under the radar. Like, yeah, I hope no one finds my old Kelsey <laughs> for eight years, and then they found it. So it's just like, yeah, man, I got to take that L. But I mean, like I said, for for the most part. And this is why I kind of like I tell people on, on, on my Twitter feed like, yo, please listen to this man's podcast so I don't have to like listen to y'all's bad takes and argue all day. Cause like a lot of the things that you'll say as far as personnel moves or things that we should do is like, yo, hey, look at this great player over here for this team. Falcons could have and should have signed him. Like, why are we not doing these things? Like the podcast is all it's for free consumption. You could download it on your, your streaming platforms. Somebody at Flowery Branch, like give it a listen. Like right. I, I don't I don't understand how. Maybe they're too close to it, but like it, it doesn't make sense with the past regime to be kind of so bad with like decision making almost at every level. So hopefully with the new regime with Terry Fine not coming in, uh we can make that work. Maybe we can finesse uh, some of the free agents. That's what I was gonna talk about next. How uh the list of free agents you tweeted out coming from the Titans. What are the odds that we get some of these guys to kind of help bolster up the roster along with the draft? Yeah, like Ty back. So the, the list is uh, Jadavion Clowney, uh, Janu Smith, Jalen Brown, Corey, uh, Corey Davis, Desmond King, Daquan Jones, Jack Crawford, Tyler Sombrello, Geoff Swain, uh, Michael Pruitt, Stephen Kowski, and tight end Anthony Fisker, who's a Victor Street. And so what are the odds you're bringing a couple of these guys to help, I guess, uh, maybe be a conduit to the new offense or defense and help giving us some depth on the roster? My expectations this offseason is you're, you're going to see you're not going to see that many changes to the offense. Like I feel like they'll you know they'll draft a running back, you know they'll get a new starter on at left guard or whatever the case may be. They'll get a backup tight end or, or whatever. Um, you know, obviously get a backup quarterback to play shop or whatever. But like outside of that, the offense will mostly stay intact. I think really where the changes are going to happen on the defense side of the ball, where you're going to see the team be a lot more proactive. So you know, bringing back Jack Crawford. Getting in Daquan Jones, you know, I don't think they're going to go after Clowney or anything like that. Um, but like some of those guys on the defensive side of the ball, I certainly think they could definitely go after. Particularly if they wind up hiring whoever the defensive coordinator is, is somebody who comes from that Titan staff and is familiar with those players. You see that all the time. Like Dan Quinn came in and brought in a, a bunch of guys that he was familiar with from Seattle. Um, you know, the offensive line coach Chris Morgan, who's a, a, a favored punching bag on, on Lockdown Falcons. Um, you know, they brought in a bunch of guys that he worked with, Chris Chester from Washington and whatnot. So um, you, you see that all the time with coaching changes. They're going to bring in the players that they're familiar with. So I think on the defensive side of the ball, you'll you'll probably see a, a lot of that, particularly in the secondary and, and up front on the D-line. So uh, name is Wolf Steiner asks, surprising cuts this upcoming offseason. What, what would you say maybe a name or two to throw out there? I mean – I don't think the cuts are going to be surprising. I think uh, <laughs> Alan Bailey, um, James Carpenter, you know, maybe Tyler Davidson. I don't think anybody would be surprised by them. I, I mean, the the two biggest surprises would be Matt Ryan or Julio Jones if they trade one of those guys. I think those are the, those are the players that we're looking at to see. Like, okay, are you going to make a big bold move by getting rid of uh, two of the leaders coming in? Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but it's possible. That's what I would say. Oh, Lord. I'm not hmm. ready. I'm not ready. Oh, uh, he said, uh, Fady said that Rico Allen could be. I don't think that'd be a surprise. I'm, I'm pretty confident Rico's done. He's done. Oh, right man. I love, so, I love Rico, but like he, he did not play well at all this year. He was he was terrible this year. So, yeah. You, you, you kind of got to move on. Oh, I, I, I know you mentioned drafting a running back. So, we're, are we going to say uh, part ways with the uh, UGA legend, Todd Gurley? Like I, I don't. I really don't think they're going to bring back really any of the free agents. Okay. Yeah. Like I think all of them are gone. Like I think Keanu's gone. I think Denard's gone. I think. Oh wow! You think Keanu's gone? I think uh, Gurley's going to be gone. Like I I think they're all going to be gone. Bleedy Ray Wilson is going to be gone. Yeah. All the guys. Wow! I was surprised you said um, Keanu. I mean, I'm stronger towards the end of the season correct yeah no he, he played great he's definitely worth keeping i just don't think they're gonna keep him hmm. good shit i've been mad at him since he decided to play knee ball in philly 
Oh, oh man. So, so we're going to replace both safeties. Yeah. That, that's not going to be. I and hope they, there's a. That, 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 that's not a the small fee. That's, that's what I'm saying. I hope there's a free Asian veteran right. pick up because that's that's a, that's a little bit of a scary can, proposition. Can, can Desmond can you play safety? <laughs> I know the Chargers were thinking about moving him there. Bring him here. Hmm. Hmm. Oh yeah, uh, Fady made a good point. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of those guys will probably end up on the Cowboys with uh, their new DC Dan Quinn. So <laughs> <laughs> good look. <laughs> Please, yeah, definitely, maybe. Yeah, take yeah. Did we play the Cowboys again? I think I think I can't remember what the schedule was, but yeah, yeah we played Dallas. We played Dallas this year. <laughs> Ooh, that'll be that'll be one for the, the Twitter. Do we yeah. want Neil to hit hit um Julio? Do we really want that? I mean, does Neil want to get hit by Julio? It works both ways. Oh, yeah, that's true. We also play Jacksonville, and Raheem Morris might get the job there. I saw that. I, I hope Raheem gets the job, man. Like a lot of people, for whatever reason, were hoping that they would just hire him or uh, Jeff Ulbrich. I was like, nah, no. man. Like, uh, <laughs> no. Great guy. I hope he gets the opportunity, but nah, man. It's got a clean house, man. Got to, got to yeah. get everybody up out of here, man. Like let's, let's uh, get a fresh slate. God, is did Rich get fired? Is he getting fired? He needs to go. But Rich yes. Nah, he's he's not going anywhere. He's staying forever. Freaking <laughs> evil villain, man! Made him go, man. He gets on my nerves. I'd rather have Rich McKay than Jack Easterby. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, let me say this real quick because I know people been on my pancake butt. Okay, about this. Um, <clears throat> I think we all remember what happened on January sixth. Okay, so January 7th came along and somebody decided to unfollow a bunch of people on Falcons Twitter. Oh, and man. Are we gonna do this? Are we hush, gonna do this? hush, hush. I'm talking. Okay, so a lot of y'all was like, oh my God, Lethal, what do, y'all, what do you have to say about this? What do you have to say about this? Because you know that was like my guy. And I just want to tell y'all, I, I'm, I'm not surprised. But I'm devastated at the same time and disappointed. But I'm still not surprised because, you know, white people. You know, so that's where I am right now. And I'm in mourning, okay? So leave me alone. Stop stop tweeting me about it, okay? I know I boxed her. And it's just, I'm in mourning. So stop atting me. Thank you. That's all I wanted to say. <sighs> I'm, Stop laughing at me. It's not funny. Okay. It's pretty I'm, hilarious. I'm not surprised, but I still am. It's just like, girl, like, why? But, you know, and maybe they'll be in D.C. this week, too. Hey, man, that's why you can't just stand these people. You don't know these people, man. We don't know Leave any of these people in real life, man. Like, it's, uh, you know, people have different views and Sometimes they don't line up with reality. It is what it is, but you know. Oh, shout out to Falcons Twitter. But oh. anywho, uh, as we wrap up, did we miss anything? I think we had everything. Uh, I guess. Uh, what do you think about Fatnat? They say he's been with the Saints for like sixteen years, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and every well, outside of like Drew Brees, we've always been like, oh yeah, they're in cap hell or blah 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 blah. But they seem to be able to field decent teams every year. So I'm kind of excited to see uh, how he looks at the draft process, just to get different eyes, just get different perspective and, you know, bringing in players. Maybe he uh, isn't biased against Georgia players or something like that. I don't know. You know, oh, okay. get, some, get some bulldogs on the roster to make a yeah, please. Cause we need it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Uh-uh. This will be the 20th consecutive Super Bowl with a bulldog in it. I mean, that's kind of a, Luck randomized. <laughs> like there's, there's no correlation with that man. They just have to draft the team. Okay, we're see. This you is dra- why, this is what I'm draft, talking. About. You draft bulldogs. You see this the helmet. You draft bulldogs, and you go to the Super Bowl. That's what happens. Okay, but like, was, was Thomas you... Davis the last uh, bulldog the Fox drafted? 
Or was it Martrez Milner? It, it may have been Milner. No, no, it was it was it was Dent. It was yeah. uh, I came Dent. Oh, the, line, yeah. the linebacker. <laughs> yeah, we got about yeah. yeah, you know, but did we have? Did we draft one in that 2016 season? No, no we didn't. Because we, it's it's discrimination against UGA. You know, I, yeah. I don't know why, but it's, it's it's some type of discrimination that we don't draft UGA players. So, with that being said. If Fields was still the quarterback in UGA, would you want him drafted? Yes or no? I don't want to replace Matt. Okay, that's my answer. I don't want to replace him. I feel like he could play till forty years old. He's lying, yo. Josh is lying. I'm, I'm serious. I if I had if I had to put it if you put a gun to my head, you have to take a quarterback. I will take a quarterback, but if up to my preference. I'm building the, the O-line or the D-line or a linebacker uh-huh. or secondary. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I, I hope uh, Justin Fields becomes a Hall of Famer for whatever team. team. Yes, oh, that's, my God. That's what I would like to see. And let us all be alive so we can rub it in Josh's face. I <clears throat> I would admit if I'm wrong, but I mean, no, you don't. Yes, I do. Please approve it. Stop. Stop. What, what happened? I, I admitted that I was wrong about dirt, and he he did admit he was wrong about Todd Gurley too. What about Jake Fromm? Oh yeah, what about that? I mean, we, the whole he, line of that dream. He just got into the league, man. All right, so uh, <laughs> yeah, Aaron, we appreciate you having us on the podcast. Uh, Bringing the property value up as we listen to Josh and his his lies, his continuous lies, to spew from his mouth regarding Georgia players. I just I just gave you two examples: Ty Gurley and Dirk. I was wrong about. Anywho, so Jesus, uh, <laughs> uh, Aaron, do you have any parting words for the people? Uh, I think everybody knows where to find you, but uh, again, this is our our preaching. Please listen to this podcast. You will learn a lot, and you will stop putting such bad takes on the timeline. So uh, give the people your, your parting words, sir. I appreciate you guys having me on. I've uh, been looking forward to this for a while. Uh, if people want to check out uh, my takes, they can, of course, uh, subscribe to Locked on Falcons daily podcast, five days a week, all year long, um, you know, on whatever podcast platform uh, you're listening to. And uh, appreciate it, guys. And, uh, you know, Josh, I, I would just – Give you forewarning, you know, be be wary of your Josh Justin Fields takes because eight years from now, you know, someone might <laughs> and, and put you on our It'll be breathe. He, he's gonna quote the tweet that I said about about Justin for eight years from now, and, and he's gonna cause a ruckus with that for sure. I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And, and I know uh, one thing before we we get everybody else's closing words. I know Marcus brought up a good point. I thought the same thing regarding you doing this podcast like every single day, like with the last couple of years. Like I don't know how you do it, man. It keeps such an even toes. I'd be on there just like, yo, man, I can't do this. Though. I need to break this even so bad. Right. <laughs> like, I'd be listening to you like that, man. I respect it, man. I couldn't do it. I'm like, man, I gotta go on vacation. <laughs> this team is making my head hurt. Like, just why? Why are we? Why are we doing this? So, uh, we, we appreciate the, uh, the the work you put out and having the strength and resiliency to to deal with having to talk about this team every single day, man. Uh, Jeff, or well, Josh, what are your, your closing words? Um, thank you again, Aaron, for for coming on on, on your birthday and that. Um, and like I said, uh, shout out to Kason, my little boy. And and go dogs, <laughs> Jeff. Fuck them dogs. Okay. So, anyways, yes, Aaron. Thank you so much for coming on our show again. I told Aaron off this live. I was nervous. Like they asked me a while ago to ask him to come on, and I was nervous. Like it's Aaron, like the Godfather of Falcons podcast. So I was mad nervous. So I was like, Mm-mm, I can't do it because if he rejects me, I'm gonna be so sad. So I'm very, very thankful you came on here, especially on your birthday. Because again, <laughs> I would not be here on my birthday. And I do think you're insane a little bit because every day talking about this team, this team, the Falcons, <laughs> I would not do it. This last 
last year. Oh my god, I didn't even say it. I haven't talked to y'all since last year. <laughs> okay. Um, I didn't get to get that out, so I had to do it. Um, yeah, I don't know how you do it. I had to take a break. I was like, no, I'm not recording the show after the last game. And people were like, where are y'all? I'm like, I'm not coming on. I'm like, no, I can't repeat myself for the 50th time. And you do it every day. Like, God, shout out to you and your mental health. And I want to get you some, when I get some money, when I marry Arthur Smith, I'm going to get you free therapy because I know you need it. Okay. Because talking about us every day, I know you need therapy. All right. So, um, yes, it. Shout out to everyone for listening and for begging us to come back. We are back. And I don't know if we're going to do this every week or not. We'll see. But we appreciate y'all. And we're going to do the gift giveaway um, next week because we next, have, episode. next episode, we have, we have shit to do. Yeah, definitely make sure you uh, subscribe uh, on YouTube and on whatever your streaming service is. Again, this is the Dirty Burn Nation Report, the unofficial official podcast about Twitter. We out. Peace.